You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Here, we got four check marks in here. Let's get that fifth one rolling here before we're officially doing it. Pending, pending, pending. There we go. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, Scott? Happy Thursday morning to you. Good morning. It is Thursday. Sometimes when uh, you know when you're doing this stuff seven days a week, it gets. If you don't have a game to mark what day of week it is, you're really not sure. So Thursday, welcome Broncos for breakfast. Heck yeah. No, 630 uh, on my time, 730 mountain time, God's time, as I like to say. And uh, welcome in everybody. I see that we already have uh, some people joining us today. Clayton Huron's in the house. How you doing, Clayton? Always a, a loyal listener, a loyal follower. We appreciate you, Clayton. And he also says, um, he says morning guys, but also smash that like button in the shop with Willie's in here saying, Nick, I love you, but how are we still doing this show, I don't know what he's talking about there. This is a, this is a classic show. What's wrong this with is this show. That's not the yeah. guy that was stalking me when I did the 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 evening Broncos show. Was it? Man, he hated me. Oh, Falcons! A guy from Atlanta? Are you kidding me? See, I I enjoy that because it removes bias. If you're looking for a fanalist situation, you know there are other options out there for you. But we're trying to bring uh, trying to remove bias as much as possible, as much as a human can do. Yeah, we're um, but, all biased for sure. Yes. Um, but, uh, Willie, we need to figure out this payment. We had a bet. Um, he was going to pay me 20 if we got Rogers and uh, I would give him five if we didn't buy August and he doesn't have a Venmo. So we're going to, we'll figure this out, Willie. Um, no doubt about it. Robert's in the house morning. Y'all Robert Rival. Good to see you, Robert. The three time, uh, donation on actually four time. He actually came uh, Tuesday night as well and, uh, was a super chatter. So thank you so much. Um, Robert, good to see you. Uh, Mac 85 city. It says, I woke up late and the traffic is so bad. I said, forget work today. That's my guy. I got laundry I need to do anyways. I don't, I don't know where you're from, but I had a, co- a couple of days like that when I was working in Manhattan. I'd get to the bridge because I, I was living in New Jersey, working in Manhattan. I get to the bridge and I said, the hell with this. I'm going back home. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, Robert's right. Laundry is also important. You got to take care of your home if you're going to be able to go out there and function in society. So uh, See, I always thought that about relationships, too. I'm like, you know, you, you've got to be a little selfish in your relationships. If you're not happy, how are you supposed to make somebody else happy? So priority one is make yourself happy. You hedonist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good morning, <laughs> y'all from CC. Uh, Bo Ron's in the house, too. Mo joined us on time. Buenos dias. Mac 85 is also saying, well, not when you make 38 bucks an hour, but I'm trying to tell myself it's okay to be home one day. Mac, you got to give yourself a little break there. Sometimes that's okay. Facebook user says, hi, all. Hi to you, Facebook user. Maybe it's Greg Smith. Aloha. Just because sometimes that comes in like that. Robert, there we go. Robert kicking us off here. Day two Broncos for breakfast. Splendiferous. I think I nailed it. I I think so. Dave Glassman in the house. Cheers. Hashtag Broncos country. Um, we got AC 630 in Arizona, 630 here in Seattle as well, U.S. Dave. But uh, we're, we're living life. Um, we got Mike Gibbons. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Love the show. Mr. Sir McLovin. Good morning, guys. Kareem Gomez is in the house. Good to see you, Kareem, over in uh, North Carolina. Top of the morning to you. Oh, maybe over in Ireland. I don't know what's going on there, Kareem. Um, Tim Durr. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Dave Glassman's in the house. Stu McPeak. Stu, good to see you. Good morning, Stu. Hi, all. Um, we got Clayton here on also here. What kind of coffee you guys drinking this morning? I drink something called uh, cow chipper um, from <laughs> Iowa because they had a sale where we got like it for super cheap. I don't know. I'm in Seattle, right, guys? I, let's get that out of the way. But I'm drinking a local roaster from uh, from Iowa. Cafe Brit Terra Zoo right out of the French press. Ooh, man. I, and Scott and I, we found out later, uh, we've both been to Cafe Brit in uh, outside of uh, uh, San Jose, uh, Costa Rica, a little bit outside of that, like the roaster, the where they grow the beans is not right there, but I think the roastery is right outside San Jose. So beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, goodness, Stu McPeak coming with a $15 super saying morning guys. You're uh you're amazing, Stu. We love you. Thank you so much for the support as always. Yeah, make sure, you know, if you come up with a question, Stu, make sure, uh, you know, you'll, you'll go to the top of the top of the heap, even if you didn't have one right here. Yep. And, uh, and Mo Ron coming in again, Mo, one of my favorite comedians, I don't remember who I won't say comedians, but one of my favorite bits from a comedian was talking about getting older. And, you know, I used to make fun of my dad. He'd, he'd say, you know, what, what happened to you? He's like, well, I slept wrong. He's like, how'd you F that up? 
you know, you're sleeping. You know, they don't they don't even put instruction manuals on on mattresses. Uh, so now that I've gotten older, I wake up like car crash sore. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, yes, we get it. Hope you're feeling better, Mo. Yeah, um, that rotator cuff is not great, and uh, not getting sleep is also not great. My, I am a great sleeper. I'm like head hits the pillow out, and also alarm gets off, feet hit the ground kind of person. My partner, my wife, has a, a harder time with that, so I'm appreciating the uh, the sleep because I see the other end of it um, when you're not getting it as well. So, um, and I did say cow tipper. It's from Iowa. What did you expect? Um, I never had a chance. They they had to go with something like that. Um, and we had one more here that I wanted to get to. Nope, that's it. Okay. Well, hello, everybody. And we'll say hello to some other folks as well. We got to get to the matters of business here real quick. Um, you can follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy and myself on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. Um, follow us also at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. This is, of course, Broncos for Breakfast. We'll be seeing you guys at 7.30 Mountain Time uh, going forward. It makes the most sense for me to get my butt into work on time, maybe uh, work in a quick dog walk. So uh, Scott's over there on East Coast. So it's, you know, it's, what is it, 9.30 there? You got plenty yeah, of time. Yeah, 9.30, I put in a decent day's work already. And after this, <laughs> and, you know, I'm, it's like it's like 10.30. I'm done. I'm, I'm ready. Huh. <laughs> you, can, you can put in a lot of work by 9 in the morning. So at 10.30, I'm like, whew, I'm done. It's time. I'm done for the day. Time for a nap. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, guys, uh, we'll be joining you here seven thirty going forward. Um, hour long show. You know, we'll, we'll get into it as long as the chat's alive and uh, there's stuff to talk about. We'll we'll be stretching it out. Um, join us also on Facebook, guys. Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Um, training camp is here. There's new storylines. There's things happening. Thank God this team, this uh, fan base, this team was ready to pull itself apart with all the hypotheticals and talking about the quarterback situation. But now we have new information to pull ourselves out about. So it's going to be great. Um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's real new football to talk about. So that's awesome. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, uh, please click those thumbs up. The heart reacts. I see right now we got a heart from Dave Glassman. You guys, there's more hearts out there than Dave has, although we appreciate you, Dave. And uh, likes from Ben's Nugian, uh, Thomas Murray, Daniel Height, Roy Osborne, and Clayton Huron. So if you guys aren't joining us on Facebook, click a react, care react, laugh react, wow react. Uh, the angry react. I don't know what's going on. Um, and also, if you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. It's probably the number one way that you can uh, support these shows uh, is by subscribing, liking, and sharing, especially on the precipice of preseason and training camp. Um, we have a chance to get a lot of new eyeballs on here and grow this community and make sure that Mile High Huddle is here to stay. Make sure that Broncos for Breakfast is here to stay. So uh, if you guys can do that, that would help us a heck of a lot. Go over to Scott's channel, also where on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash scott kennedy i'm gonna drop his uh, youtube channel in the comment section now literally all you guys have to do click that it'll take you there and uh, you can get all the football goodness uh, both american football and across the pond football even um over on scott's channel and scott I always like to give you you know elevator pitch here what's going on on the uh, scott kennedy page yeah and then i feel then i feel like i need to be doing more no it's it's quiet right now i'm just uh <clears throat> a lot of I do a lot of evergreen content, highlights and stuff from senior bowl, from uh, high school, uh, even some basketball stuff is in there. You know, bowl bowl <laughs> popped up for some reason. You know, I got a who's here from TikTok, and you know, there's like 180 likes on it. So there's a lot of stuff on there. If you if you post a comment or question, I will respond. I'm incredibly OCD about that. People that invite me into group chats, I say forget it. There's no way I cannot deal with that many notifications on my phone. Couldn't handle it. Because I get back to you right away when you when you do something like that. So just to finish off the conversation about tearing up your shoulders sleeping, I get a side sleeper pillow about eight years ago. It's super firm. I sleep on uh, sleep on my side. And uh, it changed my life. Seriously, changed my life. So look into those. Well, there you go. Um, um, some real world advice there. Um, throwing out free tips there. That's free, guys. The next one's not. Um, Clayton's in here. Uh, got the day off so I can finally watch a live pod. Well, we have, we are, we're happy to have you here. U.S. Dave saying, wait a few years, Nick. Um, hopefully it's a little more than a few years, but we'll see. Uh, Chase is in the house too. Good to see you, Chase. Uh, here we go, fellas. Jake Gerard. Good morning. We have an extra player on the practice squad this year. Uh, we have a lot of good wide receivers. So yeah, um, maybe we can fit a player on the practice squad. That'd be a good way to go. Um, Jeremy coming in, shoulders being sore from sleeping is the ultimate old guy problems. I'm with you, Mo. Um, and here we go, Timder. Uh, Nick, what do you think of the center signing? What does this mean for Kush? Uh, I think it's just they're bringing in somebody that they are competent with that could be a backup center if 
I think it's more of a safety net for minors. If Quinn Miners is not, you know, up to snuff at the center position, whether it's something as simple as snapping the football or the pre-snap checks, now they have somebody that um, Peyton is familiar with, the former Vikings player as well. Um, so I think it's more about having that backup center and also giving some competition competition for uh, Austin Schlotman because Miners is going to make the roster unless he commits, you know, a felony. But is he going to be a center this year or a guard? You know, that's that remains to be seen in how he plays down the stretch. So I think it's much more about uh, those guys rather than Cushenberry. Yeah. And um, I, I think Fangio had a, I think it was taught said shot across the bow on the front of mile high huddle this morning. Uh, just saying, well, well, miners needs to make it a competition before it's a competition. Yep. Whoa. Hello. Um, but you know, miners didn't play center. He, he's never been a center. The first time he took snaps at center was at the senior bowl and he looked great. Um, but there is a lot to it. I, I think it's definitely harder to go from, it's not even a think. It's much harder to go from guard to center than from center to guard. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about physical ability, cause there's just so much more on your plate mentally and, and being prepared, uh, the connection with the quarterback, you know, the, the mental connection, not just the snapping the ball, snapping the ball is the easy part. So he's got a lot to learn there, but, um, Cushenberry said in the off season, he says, if I had played better last year, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have drafted minors. This is on me. Um, and I, I thought that was a great mindset. I think that was a great comment for him. Uh, mm-hmm. It's motivation for him. It's motivation for minors. And kind of like we've talked about the quarterback position with minors coming in, the center position just got better because he will play better than 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 Cushenberry probably played last year. It'll make Cushenberry better. It'll push minors, and you can move minor to either guard position as well. And in a pinch. You could throw him out at tackle. He played all three positions at the Senior Bowl and was able to do a job there. So he could be an emergency, not a not a starter. Don't don't get me wrong on this, but he could be an emergency tackle option too. Yeah, no, absolutely. A little bit short arm there for that, but uh, what can you do? Um, we got uh, Robert Rival coming back in, double dipping already. Eleven minutes into the pod, uh, Scott. Quick thoughts on the Gold Cup semis. Uh, USA, a blue collar uh, type of old school performance to get into the semis. Very hardworking, not a lot of flair. Hoppy, who plays in Europe, you could tell he was one of the few Europeans uh, out there playing for Schalke. Mexico should ease past Canada, should be a US Mexico semis. I'd probably take Mexico in the final. Uh, one of my best friends back in uh, Iowa City just moved to L- back to LA, but uh, he is a huge soccer fan and a big Mexico fan. And we'd always get together and watch the USA Mexico game. So, uh, well, Hopefully the best, Mexico's win. probably a better team than the U.S. at full strength yeah. right now, but this isn't a full strength U.S. squad. The best players now, finally, the best young players in the United States are playing over in Europe, where they should mm-hmm. be, uh, yep. the top level of competition. So there's only one, I think, one European player that's even in the Gold Cup squad. So yep. anyway, those are quick thoughts. The great thing about soccer is uh, one game, low scoring, anything can really happen, right? Like that's a one it's goal. Like an MMA fight. Yep. You know, it, it's like, it's, and that's why, uh, you know, I'm not a huge, was never a huge fan of the playoffs. You know, I like the long haul, mm-hmm. you know, over the long haul, the best team is going to show not a one off a type of thing. You know, and they always said, well, every other sport has a playoffs. Well, not in the most popular sport in the world. They don't do playoffs in soccer. They do cups, but in the regular season, you play every team twice, add up the points and there's your winner. And I, I like that because the games in the beginning of the season are just important as the games at the end. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we have, uh, Andrew Morrow, uh, Andrew, we don't have the, I don't have the ability to pull up the super sticker um, over on YouTube. So you're going to have to describe it for us in grotesque detail. Um, but uh, Andrew, with the $1 super sticker, uh, I'm going to picture it's Drew Locke. Cause apparently Drew Locke won the day yesterday, according to most people. And I know it's an, a non padded practice training camp, but uh, if Drew Locke and Teddy are playing close this season, and that continues to be the case, let's even call it a draw. If it's a draw for my money, the tie goes to Drew Locke. Drew Locke yeah. is younger. He is uh, cheaper. He has two years of control instead of uh, one. And he has better tools, therefore, perceived upside. So if it's and close. It's the incumbent. Yes. You know, you got to knock out the champ. You know, if mm-hmm. it's a draw, the champ gets to keep his belt. So you, you're not the, not saying he's a champ, but that's just that's just how ties, draws work when in, in competitions like that. The uh, the person who's already in the spot gets to keep it. You got to you got to knock him out of it. So. Uh, and but for all those reasons you said are much more important to mm-hmm. to why you want Drew Locke to win this to win this quarterback competition. Uh, when you know it's I, I think it said I think it was uh, Lance I was reading said well if Teddy had completed this one pass maybe he won the day I'm like all right so 
we're one pass away from saying who won the day. Okay, so it's it's basically even. Uh, and, yeah. and again, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and sh- you know shorts and no pads doesn't really matter. You know what was what was Locke's biggest concern last year under pressure, right? And yeah, you don't that was, know that until we start seeing guys flying at you. Yeah, under pressure, ability to get off the first read, accuracy, turnovers. So um, I think the biggest takeaway that we can take that we can take away from yesterday was the fact that there were zero interceptions. And I know that there wasn't that real pass rush that wasn't padded, et cetera, et cetera. But that's the biggest uh, thing I'm for me. I'm concerned this about the secondary now. Nick, I'm, I'm just worried. Oh, uh, man. Right, right training camp, right? If, if one side winning, that means another side's losing. So uh, you don't know until you know. That's why I'm excited for preseason. And honestly, I really wish, I know they will never do it, but I would pay good money to have like all 22 or video access of those uh, scrimmages. Like I think the Broncos are going on against the Vikings this year. I would pay so much money because I love just going through like the senior bowl tape, like the, from the top and just like breaking down those matchups. You'd, we'd learn so much about these players if we were able to get access to that. Now, the coaches would never allow it because the drills, the scheme, technique, et cetera, it's, you know, it's top government secrets. Um, but uh, I would I would be way about that. And we'd actually get an idea of who these teams are. And uh, in the shop with Willie has a, a comment here coming in, says, Drew is top 10 in the league in play action. Um, he was eighth, which is, I think. I don't know if that's true. Um, Nick, go ahead. It is true. Yeah, I think he was okay. eighth in the league last year in play action. And Shermer was like, seventh lowest in play action. Now there's probably a little bit of feed into that because the play action really teams don't use it as much when they're playing from behind and the Broncos played from behind a lot last year. Um, so there's, there's some game scenario uh, feed into that, but uh, Drew Lock was top 10 in play action. I believe he was dead last in non-play action plays. Two minute drills and third and long. When I saw play action, I wanted to fire the coordinator on the spot. Just right there, like you're fired. There isn't anybody by down on the play action, and you just took an extra half second away from your quarterback. Um, and having two running backs is gonna is gonna help. You know, having mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams should just help the running game. Where you know, a lot of times, like okay, this guy's coming in based on the personnel, they're not running the ball or, or this. But you've got two pretty legit, we think, running backs coming in, so the play action should open up. But I'm, I'm a huge fan of the play action defense, running game, play action pass, beat them long. That that's always been one of my favorite ways to win. And do you have any reasons why you think Drew Locke would be so much better? Like the dichotomy for him between play action and non-play action is unlike any, honestly, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. So what's what's play action supposed to do? It's supposed to freeze the defense for just a moment. So everybody should get an extra, everybody should get an extra step if you're running a route, right? So Mm -hmm. especially the inside linebackers and the safety, that's where it's going to be the most, the the double safeties on top. Those are the, the four players they're going to be most affected by play action. It also stops the pass rush a little bit. Mm-hmm. So if the if the if they're not pinning their ears back and going after them, so you've got a, a, a synergy here. If you've got the worst quarterback in, under pressure statistically, but he's good under play action, what's that tell you? So well, how can we protect him? How can we get him some more time? How can we freeze that defense for just a click? And play yeah. action was good for it. But like you said, if you're playing from behind that can be a, become a trouble. And if you're throwing interceptions, giving the ball up or giving up big plays on defense, play action kind of goes out the window. Those are things that we think can be fixed this year. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the middle field of passing. Drew Locke has been much more efficient there uh, versus the likes of throwing it outside the hash marks. That's probably part of the play action. Also, typically play action plays, and we see it a lot with Kyle Shanahan's trees. Um, it's easier to get that first read open on the play action plays uh, just to get that primary receiver uh, the first read. Um, that's where the ball well, goes most of the time. Especially if you're booting, if you're, yes. you know, if you're, if you're boot, bootlegging out there, you know, the naked boots, you should have at least two guys coming with you. You can go long on a, on a, on an out or, or dump it underneath. Yep. But uh, that's another one. Cause Drew Locke also hand in hand, um, not bad going to his first read last year. Um, really struggled uh, his, percentage his quarterback rating qbr both of them were uh pretty close to the bottom for second or third read so all those things probably go hand in hand right there they all feed into each other they all tell a similar narrative um but uh we'll see what's going and uh we have michael in the house michael ronquillo always supporting us good morning nick and scott from broncos for breakfast broncos football is back go broncos and you talked about it a little bit earlier um i'm looking for it somebody mentioned the likes of trading melvin gordon here we go it's a moron um, you mentioned Melvin Gordon, so this one piqued my interest. Do you guys think the Broncos could get anything for trading Melvin Gordon to the Rams? Um, and obviously the Rams right now, 
running back situation is somewhat perilous. Uh, and they, that's a team that's very much predicated on the ground to run that uh, Sean McVay offense. Uh, we saw it with Todd Gurley. That's when they were at their peak um, of offensive performance. They do actually have a quarterback now that isn't a wet noodle uh, back there in the pocket. Um, but uh, Melvin Gordon, the Rams, what do you think? Uh, he's a free agent after this year, and he's a little on the expensive side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be a, a tough sell. So, um, you know, what are you getting back? It, it, again, the Broncos have so much room under the cap that I think you'd rather have the player, right? You'd rather have the another experienced running back than try and, you know, why why would you make that move if you were the Broncos? Yeah. You know, what's your what's your upside there? What do you what would you try to do? He's a free agent anyway. You're mm-hmm. not clearing up cap space for this year for any particular reason, and you wouldn't get much of a return on him. Yeah. I'd rather have Melvin Gordon for one year. He's probably more valuable on your roster right now mm-hmm. uh, than he would be whatever you bring back. It's I know there's like some conversation with somebody like uh, a Tim Patrick, like if let's say the Saints offered you a third round pick <clears throat> and a fourth round pick in 2023, you're gonna lose him. He's cheap right now. You're getting back, you know, two potential quality players that could develop into starters. I mean, that's one where you're like, oh man, let's see how Tyree Cleveland's looking. Let's see how Seth Williams is looking. KJ Hamler, and uh, maybe you can part from him, but given. Melvin Gordon's one-year contract status, the expensive side of him that you're probably going to get only, honest to God, you're probably only going to get like a sixth or seventh round pick for him. Right. Maybe. Uh, that's that's where it's, uh, you're just not getting to get equitable value compared to what he would bring on your roster, even though we are excited about Javonta Williams this year. Um, yeah, so, but you need, you need two, especially in a 17-game season, you need two. So I, I think you're, you're much better off, unless you got somebody up and coming that is going to be a, another starting caliber running back, but I don't think that's the case with Denver. You've got two now. That's a luxury. Yeah, I am excited to see what Mike Boone can do this year, but uh, that's a more special teams overall player bringing him here. And we got Greg Smith. Good morning, fellas. Good to see you, Greg. And also, I think it might have been Peter Middleton earlier uh, with the uh, Facebook user that we couldn't tell. So does it work now? Still say Facebook user. Nope, Peter, you're uh, you're all good there. Good to see you. Um, CC's in the house here. Says, uh, don't mind the addition of Tedrick Thompson. Uh, ben and all right, nickel slash safety when given the opportunities. I think he adds good competition to the safety room. Although I think he's just a versatile uh, defensive back body. I think if Jamar Johnson didn't end up on the uh, reserve list, you would not see Tedrick Thompson here. They needed somebody back there for the body count. Uh, Tedrick Thompson went to Colorado. Um, he's bounced around the league for a bit. You know, maybe he will make a spot here, but uh, I think it's just as likely he's just kind of, you know, holding a place right now until Jamar Johnson's back. Camp body. Yep. But, you know, that's, that's good for him to get in shape, get seen. You know, these coaches are moving all over the place all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's almost like sending out your film when you're uh, you're an actor. Here's here's my latest work. It didn't make the cuts, but here's my latest resume. So it's it's good for him. He gets paycheck for a couple of weeks, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. So uh, good for him making some football for a little bit. Um, making some, yeah, staying in the league. Uh, Clayton Huron in the house saying, we have so much talent this year on both sides of the ball. What do you guys think? Well, training camp day one with no pads, it's kind of hard to surmise that much, especially because they're going against their own teammates. Um, but it does seem like uh, from what we were able to pick up yesterday, it was mostly the talent on the outside, right? So the the skill positions, especially the pass catchers and the defensive backs and Broncos have talent there, boys. Um, a lot of people were saying it was pretty evenly matched, and we know the talent that this defensive back group has with uh, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons. I mean, that's that's about as good as anybody in the league has. And the Broncos, while they have a lot of young premium resources on the offensive side of the ball, the skill position, we don't know until we know there. Like, they're still young, developing. They, some of them could bust, some of them could flame out, but it does sound like you know, KJ Hamler making plays last year, dusting dudes, getting wide open. I, I said on Tuesday night, like, who's the breakout player that nobody's talking about right now? It's KJ Hamler, 22 years old, dealing with a hamstring injury last year, second year in the league. Um, there's no other player on this roster that has near his skill set. So uh, it, it's going to be hard for him to get targets because there's a lot of mouths to feed. But KJ Hamler's a really talented player, and I think people are forgetting about him. Um, and uh, obviously Noah Fant, Alberto Cuebanam. So I like the talent on both sides of the ball. That being said, uh, we still it's going to be a little bit before we find out about the trenches and the quarterbacks. And, the, and I was going to say, even on the defensive side of the ball, you know, the, the defensive line, when we went through the interior line in a three, four, it wasn't overwhelming. Uh, you know, of the three units, it was definitely the third. Um, but there were guys there that the, the good news on that is, 
you know, while it's not deep, those guys are replaceable too if an injury does hit. You're not counting on those guys to be the stars of your team. Yep. Absolutely right. And um, we got Marty MF Williams in the house uh, saying mile high nation. Uh, we like uh, Broncos country around here, but uh, you know, Marty, if you want to say mile high nation, then by all means, more power to you. Um, we got Anthony in the house saying go Broncos. This whole team is going to be good this year. And I have all the confidence in saying that. Well, Anthony, let's hope so, man. I'm, I am so tired of having to tune in on a no- mid November game and the Broncos are already eliminated, right? Like that's just, I'm done with that. We haven't had played meaningful football late in the season since 2016 when the Broncos lost to the Titans. It, I, obviously, making the playoffs is goal number one. Um, well, winning the Super Bowl is goal number one, but making the playoffs is the end, the most achievable end goal for this season. I, even if they don't do that, I need some meaningful football games late in the season because I cannot take another, you know, game where the Raiders and the Broncos are playing for draft position. I just, I just can't. Yeah, and when you're if you don't play fantasy football, you basically tune out of the NFL come October. If you if you get off to a bad start, you yeah. Know, otherwise, you know, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at the draft, like you said. I'm looking at I'm looking at guys coming out. Who who's going to make my team better? Who what can I hope for? Hope's a big word when it comes to uh, to football. When you lose hope early, it's no fun. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's true. Um, we got Thomas Murray in the house over on Facebook. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, click the thumbs up. Uh, my opinion is that they are handicapping lock again. He should be getting all first team reps since these competitions never help either quarterback. Um, well, there's got to be examples of co- quarterback competitions helping both guys, right? Like I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it feels like where we're at is given the information we have. It's really hard to say that definitively. Well, I don't uh, think, I don't think they're going to go backwards. You know, like we've talked about before, just the motivation of knowing that your contract's coming up. Someone came in, You've got two ways to go with that. Either you sit and sulk. I'm rich uh, anyway. I've already, saw, you know, relatively speaking, you know, I'm not making a hundred million, but you know, Drew Locke will probably is probably going to get paid in this rookie contract more than I'll make in my life. Ugh. So um, <laughs> there, there's something to be said for that. But how how does he respond to that? And mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to uh, we talked about him spending the day with Peyton Manning, and you know that that was a story. You know what can come out of that, and it's like we, we talked about. It. It's like you know, no, he's not going to become Peyton Manning overnight. But even if he picks up one thing, just one, that makes him a better quarterback, it was a day worth spent out of 365 days during the, the off season. Um, reading through, uh, Lance and his, his report was talking about how he was, for lack of a better word, he drew people off sides. Mike, well, who is better at doing that than Peyton Manning? You know, yeah. so even if you just sit down and you learn how to draw people off sides and get a crucial five yards when it matters from Peyton Manning, that was a day worth spent. So I, I, you know, while you'd like the guys to get sharper, having Teddy come in in a competition, and it probably won't stay 50-50 for the entire camp. It, I, don't, I don't think it will. But it's pushed Drew to become a better quarterback, and I, I think that's a good thing. He, he needed the competition. I mean, he hasn't had real competition since his freshman year at Missouri, right? Like he was a four-star recruit for a program that – doesn't bring in, uh, you know, talent like that. Missouri's fine, you know, right? They're mid-tier SEC. Um, but uh, you're talking about uh, Drew Locke, freshman year. I mean, he was four-star. After that, he was going to be a quarterback from then on. Was Joe Flacco competition? Not really. He was just holding the place, and obviously Joe Flacco was not it. So uh, now Drew's going to have to go that, out there and earn it or fade into obscurity. And uh, pulling for him because that would be the best case for the Broncos. Um, best case for us is Gary Leeds Palmer joining us on time. No, I was just kidding, Gary. Um, morning, Nick and Scott. Better late than never. Go Broncos. Good to see you, Gary. It's always awesome to see. Also see Gary drop the heart react on Facebook. So Gary's a real one. It's always good to see you, Gary. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, EJ's in the house as well. Um, Calvin Anderson struggled yesterday, but of course that was against Von Miller. Also see some people asking, um, and he's one see the Calvin Anderson video. And somebody asked chances of Calvin Anderson uh, making this roster this year. I know that Vic Fangio talked him up a little bit, but uh, Calvin Anderson's going to have to show that he can play both sides of the line, so left and right tackle, and uh, be better than the likes of Cameron Fleming and Bobby Massey. And if he can't, you know, he'll be probably gone. So, uh, again, that's another guy to pull for. He seems fun, and he's also young and cheap, which helps. But, uh, you know, you got to go out there and play. You can do a lot of uh, flexing on Twitter, but I don't care so much about that. I care about the flexing on the field. Well, and it, it works kind of both ways with the young and cheap. It, it is if you're good, but it also means you're expendable. 
you know, it, sometimes it's nice having that big dead cap number next to your name. It means they can't get rid of me now. <laughs> so uh, Broncos 17-0, and our most optimistic Denver Broncos fan. Glad you could make it. Uh, hope you are here last week when we said thank you several times uh, for the always generous donations to the show. We, we certainly appreciate you. And uh, we're, we're glad you're here. 17-0 might be a bit much to ask for, but I think a playoff run is definitely in the cards. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you never know, right? That's a, Everything's a possible reality until it proves otherwise. Um, we also have Peter Middleton in the house. Peter, uh, maybe I'm reading this one weird. Um, well in UDFA that's starting well in training camp. Who, who is the UDFA that's starting well in yeah, training is there camp? A, is there an undrafted free agent that's got off to a good start? Um, well, I, I didn't hear anything yesterday from undrafted free agents, but I know that, uh, earlier in OTAs, uh, Sean Byer was actually the one that was probably making the, uh, the most noise. Um, maybe Andre Mintz as well as another one who has a chance given uh, Jonathan Cooper's seventh round status and, um, the heart, uh, surgery that he had. Uh, but, um, I haven't heard anything yet. And that's one where, you know, I want to see it with my own eyes before I really start to count somebody. And that means we need to have preseason game and all 22 god did you see what the nfl doing game pass they're not gonna have they said they're not gonna have all 22 available for hopefully months no i did not see that i uh i didn't oh man what i did some... see though was uh in the shop with willie's comment <clears throat> uh coming in with a the super it says if drew can't beat out teddy trade him um i, I agree if you can uh, I think Nick and I both said if he can't beat out Teddy, he's not going to be around for much longer. He, he'll be on the his, he's got one more year on his contract, twenty twenty two. But if he can't beat out Teddy, he's not going to be around in twenty twenty three. Just plain and simple. Yeah, uh, I guess if Drew can't beat out Teddy, there is a reality uh, where Teddy comes out there and he's just kind of milk toast, and you kind of need something else for the offense. And because maybe Drew being benched for a little bit. And coming back out and being like, you know, man, I actually have to something. Maybe something would click. So I don't know if I would actually trade him if he loses outright to Teddy, uh, especially with how the season can go. No, and I, I think of it as a as a if you can't beat him out, I think of that as a finality. Like mm-hmm. you know, if he yeah. eventually beats him out, that's still beating him out, even if it doesn't happen right away. Um, so when I think of him, he's not going to be a he's not going to be a, you're not going to resign him as a contract to be a backup. I think Locke would still want a chance at a place somewhere else. And Denver would need to acquire another quarterback for 2023. So what we've, what we said about this quarterback position is if Teddy Bridgewater wins this quarterbacking job, Denver's going to have a new quarterback completely different in 2023. He might do it for this year. He might hold the position for 2022 as you draft a guy and let him sit for a year. But if Teddy Bridgewater wins this job this year, You've got a new quarterback in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Dave Glassman in the house. Uh, who was the receiver that caught two touchdowns yesterday? Can't remember his name. Hadn't heard of him before yesterday. Uh, he was here last year as well. Um, he maybe even the year before that, but uh, Trinity Benson, undrafted free agent from a couple of years ago, had a good day yesterday, um, a long way to go. Uh, so just because he caught two touchdowns yesterday doesn't mean he's going to average two touchdowns per game, but uh, another talented wide receiver on this Broncos depth chart. Maybe yesterday was his day. Maybe something, you know, will come of it. Um, and uh, Peter, yeah, thank you very much for the stars, Peter, keeping us on the toes, letting us know what's going on. We got uh, Kayleon Green in the house saying, yo, yo to you, Kayleon. Hope you're doing well. Um, and we also have, uh, there's a question here from, somebody asked a question about Dime Package and the, the Broncos using Dime Package more uh, going forward. What are your thoughts on that? I know that Vic Fangio uh, just... Mo, if the Broncos primarily played Dime... Who do you see as the main inside linebacker on the field, Johnson or Jewel? That's a that's a question for you. Yeah. Um, Who, uh, which one of these guys is is better in coverage? Is more? It has better lateral lateral movement. Uh, I think it's actually Josie Jewel, but he's just he's quick, but he does not like move very like does not actually gain ground very fast. Yeah, if that makes and, sense. And you don't necessarily have to have an inside a typical inside linebacker play in the middle. You can put whoever you want to in that spot and dime package, their primary job is going to either be covering a back or matching up with a tight end coming out. Yeah, no, that's uh, I think the biggest thing is it's whoever's going to be wearing the green dot, right? Like last year it was Alexander Johnson uh, calling the plays and whatnot. Doesn't mean that'll be the case this season, but uh, whoever is the one that they're most comfortable with uh, bringing in the plays, that's the one. 
So, uh, and I see it was CC, wasn't it Hinton yesterday or Moron? Excuse me. No, but I just checked Twitter. It was a, uh, it was Trinity Benson who caught the two touchdowns yesterday. So uh, as much as we would have liked it to be uh, Kendall Hinton, given how much we're pulling for him after having to play quarterback last year for the Broncos, um, it was Benson yesterday. So uh, there we go. Um, It'd be interesting to put Patrick Sertan in the middle of a dime. <laughs> yeah, do you think he could hold up as an inside? This is, this is my backer? this is my wild card. But you're you're looking at a four. If you're in a dime, you're looking at a four receiver set and a single running back. Say you know, and if one of those is a tight end or, or the running back, why not? You know, that'd yeah. be, that would definitely be interesting. Well, they have a lot of good cornerbacks. Um, we know that uh, Patrick Sertan played well and succeeded as a star backer um, at Alabama his freshman year. So he, while that's not playing in between the tackles per se, uh, he has played closer to the middle of the field and the hash marks are wider in college as well. So, you know, playing in between the hashes sometimes. Um, so it'll be interesting uh, to see what he can do there. I'm really excited to see what can happen with Sertan this year. I know that a lot of people are in their feelings about Broncos passing on quarterback in the draft, uh, but Sertan's going to be a good one. And uh, hearing Justin Simmons talk about him, uh, seeing what he looks like on the field too. I mean, I don't want to throw too much of a hype out there, but like I'm getting some like Charles Woodson vibes from him, which is crazy. I know God bless calm down, Nick. I hate to be that over hyper, but good. So actually in the shop with Willie came in again. And um, I was wondering what he meant, why he was mad at me again. Um, it was because he had the same comment as I did. See, we think alike. There's, oh, I'm a decent person to like, I promise you. <laughs> but no, um, I think that would be interesting. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's 6'2", who's going to play 2'10", 215. If you're looking for a guy in the middle of the field in coverage, he's going to be off the line of scrimmage. You know, who's who's coming to block him? You know, you've got your line, but you've you got your defensive line and line, linemen to, uh, to, and linebackers to, to hold up the the – a pulling guard or a center that comes out and wouldn't lay a finger on him anyway. Um, you know, when I had it, when I was playing the little bit, I played a football when I was playing safety, if I saw a lineman come at him, the ball was going this way. I looked this way and then would just juke him. There was no way I was taking that guy head on. So he, he never touched me anyway. So it, it would be interesting. And we've talked about how much I like Sertan since January. And part of it is because he's tough. He's fast, mm-hmm. physical, he's good in coverage. What's not to like smart. Young, also, I think 20, 21 years old. Um, a lot of upside there. Versatile, also. I mean, if Sertan doesn't work as a boundary corner because he doesn't have the twitch, he's going to end up being a Minka Fitzpatrick-like safety. Like, re- really, that that's worst-case scenario for him. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do here. And having multiple blue-chip building block players in that secondary now, with Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, maybe Kyle Fuller, maybe Ronald Darby, but, like, you're really starting to build something there that actually has a chance to be sustainable year to year. Now, are they going to be the best defense every year? No, but with the building blocks they have in the back seven now, in the defensive backs, um, as long as they have not just absolutely path- <clears throat> absolutely pathetic pass rush, um, they should be okay on that in that department year to year, which is pretty hard to say. Um, C. Finnan coming in here saying, can't wait for the season to start. A newbie NFL fan here and fell in love with the Broncos, learning the game every day. Well, welcome, C., uh, good to see you. Good to have you along. If you have any football questions for us, um, hit us up on Twitter also, or we can answer them on here. Um, but it's good to have you. Um, I'd be curious to uh, hear from you. What about the Broncos drew you? Because I got to say right now when the options are, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott, et cetera, et cetera, out there, Josh Allen, uh, new Broncos fans out there. That's that's a team that, especially with how bad the offense has been. Um, I can't imagine getting many new young fans, right? They're not lighting up the scoreboard in Madden. They're not, they haven't been fun since 2015. So uh, what brought you here? We're happy to have you, but uh, I'm, I'm just curious what made it tick. Yeah, but the NFL's a rite of passage. Yeah, I mean, true. You, you grow up, you, you root for your, your hometown team. Um, Unless you're from Iowa and there's no hometown. It, and, you know, with Denver, you don't have to worry about the blackout rules. You know, that's what was strange growing up uh, in Atlanta is you only got to watch your team when they were on the road hmm. <laughs> in the 80s. So you're always watching other teams. Usually it was the Dolphins on NBC, uh, the Raiders on NBC, one of those in the early and late game, and the Cowboys were always national games. So lots of uh, lots of those fans around. So, you know, being an NFL fan of your home team, that's you just grow up that way. Yeah, absolutely. I am Purple Drank. Joining us this morning, he says, morning, Broncos country. Yeah, you are. 
<laughs> Good morning to you. I am purple drank. Uh, another day closer to Broncos football. Let's go. Broncos football is here. What do you mean closer? It's here. It's uh, maybe it's not, you know, games, but uh, it's new stuff that we can analyze and pick apart and, you know, not go down the same old narratives, right? It's a, it's a good time. Um, here we go in the shop with Willie from Missouri. Hate my hometown team. Well, uh, I got nothing for you. Are you a, are you a St. Louis Cardinals fan there? Willie? you got to let me know on that front. Um, but, uh, I got to be honest with you, Scott. I had a, I had a hard, I have a hard time truly hating the Chiefs because I have a lot of family that I love that are big Kansas City fans. Go to a lot of games and going to Arrowhead, the barbecue, the tailgating. It's fun. It's not mile high, not close, but I don't hate Kansas City. Yeah, I hate sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, with that too. You know, I, I, I was always the contrarian. You know, we were more college down here if yeah. there was a choice. So I did not like the Georgia Bulldogs because everybody was a friggin' Georgia Bulldog fan. I rooted for Georgia Tech. Um, you know, so some of that can, you know, I didn't want to go to Georgia because everybody that I went to high school with and middle school with went to Georgia. I went to Auburn, you know, so sometimes a little bit of that, uh, familiarity can breed contempt, especially if the team is, is struggling a little bit, you're, you want to love them and they just treat you like crap. So you hate them for it. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Mo Round saying he's got to get to work. Thanks for the show. Have a good one. You too, Mo. And here you go, Willie. Here's some, uh, commonality here with Scott, uh, Braves. There's your team. So, uh, there you go. That's common ground. Um, Dom coming in here. What's up, Nick and Scott? Who do you think will win the running back one spot? I think it's going to be Melvin Gordon. It's going to be Melvin Gordon's until he fumbles it. And that's uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> I, I think there's going to be a 55-45 split when the when the season's over. I think they're, you're going to yeah. see a lot of both of them. I think it's going to be not, not necessarily co-number ones, but I, I think you're going to see uh, a, a healthy split of carries between the two of them. Yep. Absolutely. That's a, it's going to be close. And honestly, it's going to be hot hand slash health, right? You got two guys. It's a long season. If somebody's dinged and at 85% of their normal ability, you ride the healthier guy and nurse that other guy back to health. And we talked a lot about the, uh, we talked a lot about the, the styles of running where Melvin Gordon will pick his spots, runs a little more patient. Javante Williams hits a hole like a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Um, that will pay dividends in the fourth quarter as, as teams start to tire out. So you might see number one based on time of game. If Melvin Gordon starts, you bring in your closer, Javante Williams ends up the closer. So, but I, I do think you're going to see a, uh, a split between the two of them. Yep. Absolutely. Um, we got Roy, <clears throat> excuse me, guys. We got Roy in the house over on Facebook. Good to see you this morning, Roy. Hope you're doing well. Uh, he asks, where do we think we need to build on the offense? Well, um, right now the Broncos aren't sure at quarterback. So quarterback has got to be the number one answer. It's going to be until it's not. I mean, it's a really simple. You've seen those like meme flow charts. It's like, for me, it'd be like, does your team have a franchise quarterback? No. Is there one available? Yes. Take it. You know, that's it's that simple. Like you need to keep swinging until you have one. And this is kind of a weird dichotomy that I've kind of come to a realization with the further I've come. I'm more okay with the process of taking Paxton Lynch today than I was at the time. Um, because I hate, and I did not like Paxton Lynch. I wanted Chris Jones, full disclosure, and that would have been a much better pick. Um, but you have to, it's just a probability thing. You have to take swings of the quarterback. If you're afraid uh, to take that shot, you're never going to find that guy unless you just stumble into it. But you know, that's like, you're not going to buck your way into millions of dollars, right? Or you're not going to be that guy. Um, so I, I, even though Paxton Lynch busted, the process of actually taking a swing on a quarterback and they need to work out mentally, right? Like the interview process there, I don't know what the hell happened there. Like they should have been able to tell like this guy's a doofus playing Madden more than working. What are you doing? But uh, actually just taking swings at the quarterback position, kind of like what the Patriots just did with uh, Mac Jones. Like maybe Mac Jones doesn't work out. It's a 15, it's a 15th overall pick, but you're not going anywhere unless you have a quarterback. So like you have to be able to take that swings. Um, you miss hundred percent of the shots. You don't take quote Wayne Gretzky quote, Michael Scott quote, Nick Kendall. Um, so uh, that's where I'm at on that. But uh, other than the quarterback, three, three, three of the greats right there, right? Three. I mean, Not put yourself in there with, with, uh, with the greatest of all time. Uh, CC came, came in uh, just a, a moment ago and said, other than quarterback. And I agree with him. Mm. It's probably right tackle. It's right. You know, tackle. Where yep. else you, uh, you you've already tried to, to improve the center position or interior line with Quinn Miners. Left tackle's good. Receivers are good. Tight ends are good. All good depth. You got two running backs. Uh, what's a fullback? I don't think those even exist anymore. So what's the only question right now? Right tackle. Yep. I guess if we're going to get really deep, 
into the weeds, uh, tight end two is one where you have no idea about right now because it's purely projection with Alberto Um He has a lot of tools, but he has a long way to go as well. Um, so uh, you're hopeful for him to take big steps forward as a blocker, as a route runner, but tight end two is Elton still... Benjamin's available. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, they need more of a, like a Nick Boyle type. That's really an attachment to the offensive line, especially if they want to run the ball as much as they look like they're going to. Um, but uh, he's one that the, that backup tight end, and Peter said that is also the tight end backup position. The Y tight end is one that uh, I'm looking for also uh, this year. Um, but right you're tackle. in a pretty good spot when that's what you're talking about. Boy, yep. we could really use a second tight end. Come on, man. <laughs> but I, other than the quarterback, I mean, there's one glaring problem. There's one glaring area that needs to be fixed, which affects the rest of the team. So yep. once you get past that, everything else is pretty good. And that's why we've been talking with such optimism about this team going into the 2021 season. I do I agree with you, though. I should have been a wait. I should have been a, a server, a waiter. I can wait until you take the biggest slug before I finish my points. Um, we, can the, uh, watch, we can, and then we can all sit back and watch Nick take a big gulp of coffee. Oh man, last Tuesday when you did that to me, I, I all out of my mouth. Um, I do agree with you though. The right tackle position, everything they have there at best is a uh, stopgap. So maybe an investment there. I'm a big believer. I think the right tackle position, despite what Orlando Brown said this offseason, where he's like, I'm a left tackle only. I think the right tackle position is as important as the left tackle um, because a lot of teams are playing their best pass rusher over that right tackle these days. I mean, Khalil Mack plays over that. Uh, Chase Young plays over that. Von Miller plays over that. Uh, uh, Joey Orlando Bosa. Brown, like junior or third, right? It wasn't Orlando junior. Brown the one who sees his career basically at an end when he got hit with a beanbag in the eye because he had a pre-existing condition. That was the craziest thing ever. Yep, played for the Browns. He fine for that, but I mean, he got hit in the eye with it and he went over and shoved the official, but... Uh, that was understandable. The dude just ended his career. Yep. <laughs> nope, I mean, you yeah. can't touch the official on that, but you know, I, he, he acted, he, he responded, I think with some restraint considering the ramifications of that anyway. Yep. But uh, also another reason that I think the right tackle left tackle is, you know, it's essentially the same in value is uh, how much shotgun there is today. Is there truly a blind side when it's the quarterback's not playing under center as much when he has the field in front of him, just that he has a wide, a wider field of view. You know, I don't know. I, I, it's more important to have two good ones there than to have blindside versus right tackle. So uh, we'll see. Gary coming in. Uh, people still debating the draft. Come on, guys. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Let's do some. Let's do training camp. So much talent. Well, uh, Peter, I got bad news for you. The the quarterback position is going to continue to be a bait a debate until the Broncos are settled there. It's just the reality. And I owe Mo an ev- a deep evaluation on Spencer Rattler. I think it was Mo that said, I, I said I was going to watch a game and I didn't. So we'll get that done before mm-hmm. we get back here on Tuesday. Um, what I did ask about him is a, a friend of mine is a, follows Oklahoma passionately. And I was like, what have you heard about Spencer Rattler, you know, being kind of a, an ass. And he's like, you know, there's not been a ton about that. And he was even asked about that. Why there was some speculation. That's not why he wasn't at big 12 media days. Um, but the coach flat out said, he says, we always take our most senior players. We left Baker Mayfield at home one year. So that that's nothing new, but so we'll see. Yep. We will see. I mean, he's really talented. He's a lot of fun. Um, the arm talent is obvious. He's probably, I think right now Vegas has him as the odds on favor to go number one overall as well. I think, I think quarterbacks is, is in the shop with Willie says Rattler's overrated as a, as an OU fan. I think quarterbacks are always overrated in the draft period. Um, mm-hmm. But especially in July before you know before their season starts i've seen some guys that are that you know get touted as top 10 guys i'm like i wouldn't draft that guy at all and typically it works its way out that way mm-hmm. not always but typically um you know who who's the one that's a bo nicks number one overall are you kidding are you kidding me jordan palmer <laughs> who's uh, uh yeah. so we'll see hope so yep absolutely um here we go clayton uh who is who is one of your favorite players in the Broncos right now? Um, I'll stand on the table. This is a guy that I followed since uh, his recruiting days, even, and that's Noah Fant. Uh, big fan of Noah Fant. Obviously, came to Iowa his early on his sophomore year. I went and saw him just absolutely destroy uh, Wyoming. Uh, I had tickets to that game because I wanted to see the Josh Allen come to play the University of Iowa because I was pretty big on Josh Allen entering his senior season. So I'm gonna go see him live. He's coming to Iowa. Um, but Noah Fant, huge fan of Noah Fant. Uh, 
met him, talked to him a few times, very well spoken. I mean, there's a reason the Broncos keep putting him out in front of those media sessions because he is such an intelligent, well-rounded person. Um, he's growing into his body still, um, all the talent in the world. I am super excited of Noah Fant, and I kind of have a a rule where I don't typically get uh, jerseys of players unless they are like on a Hall of Fame All-Pro trajectory and they have just signed a second contract kind of thing. Um, once Noah Fant signs that second contract, which could be soon. I mean, if he plays that well this season, it could be soon. Um, then uh, he's one that I actually might break that rule and uh, get his jersey because love Noah Fant, the Iowa roots also, but uh, he's a hell of a player. Also, tight ends, my favorite position. Well, I think for me, it's pretty easy. Who's the only national name on the Broncos? Uh, is it Justin Simmons? I, I don't even Nobody Miller. knows who Justin Simmons is. Oh, man, that hurts. <laughs> Sorry, Von Miller. They don't. It's Von, it's Von Miller. Miller. Right, you know, Von Miller is, is doing national spots, TV spots, plays that I love the outside linebacker position. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Von Miller on this one. But um, using the phrase that I root for me on these, I'll, I'll, I'm hoping that Patrick Sertan is just an absolute star, and that Seth Williams comes out and plays very very well for the Broncos after I've, I've gassed those guys up a little bit. Yep. And we got a uh, Robert saying 80 plus watching only 30 likes smash that like button. Thank you very much, Robert. Um, we appreciate that. And uh, this is another reason all the tight end position. I think 12 personnel is amazing because if you can make teams take defensive backs off the field and play linebackers, good luck, buddy. Especially if your tight ends can uh, put them in a uh, tough situation. Um, but he says, uh, again, good to see you West. I don't recognize you. I'm from around here. West city slick. I'm going to say uh, we should run double tight end with Fanton and Albert on each side. That is just deadly. Albert's going to have to prove that he can hang as a blocker um, more than he did at Missouri in his limited snaps last year. Although I will say there were some snaps last year that were pretty good from him as a blocker. He's six, five Like he should be able to block. Um, but uh, I would love two tight ends. It's just the thing about the two tight end sets is you're taking off a pretty talented wide receiver in that scenario. Yeah. And that's the thing we start talking about with this is we talk about the depth of the wide receiver position. Do you really want to put your second tight end in for one of your, your third wide receiver? Probably not. Mm. Not if you, you know, in, in certain, certain cases you, you want to, but is your second tight end better than your third best wide receiver in a passing situation? I don't think so. Not on this team. Not yet. No, not right now. Maybe, uh, year from now if the broncos lose uh tim patrick and kj hamler still struggling um you could run albert oquavenom noah fant Cortland sutton assuming he's resigned and jerry judy but uh i don't know hell honestly take the running back off the field let's play uh two personnel right just running backs don't matter let's really buy into that two tight ends three wide receivers have a run have your quarterback be the de facto running back that's what i did when i played ncaa football all the time right i get one of those scrambling quarterbacks and run four verts over and over again, and uh, for 500 yards passing, 200 yards rushing, it was it was beautiful. Let's we'll get see. into it. And the last one of the last times I played, I played with Auburn, and Auburn was loaded at running back: Brandon Jacobs, Carnell Williams, and Ronnie Brown. Mm. Um, that uh, that's two top five picks, and a guy who did, was better than those two in the NFL. But they didn't have a quarterback. I ran the wishbone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I grabbed a wide receiver and put him in one of the slots. Put Brandon Jacobs. I put Carnell at at at, uh, at quarterback. Uh, Cadillac Williams, and then I'd run. Um, I'd run the wishbone. I like. I like the uh, the grounded pound. The option offenses on those early NCAA football games were very fun as well. Uh, you could run some real good <laughs> offenses on those games with the options. Um, so uh, we got a comment coming in here from Broncos seventeen and zero. There's a little bit of a wink, wink here. I think um, saying I'm going to be following the Bears this year. Just saying, um, it'll be That's interesting. Going to see back to happens. the draft conversation. That's a Justin Fields comment. If I'm, I would bet when we say, is it too, you know, why are we still talking about the draft? I think that was his way of saying, we're always following the draft. We're always looking back and saying, woulda, shoulda, coulda, and paying attention to see what Justin Fields does. I'll be watching him for sure. You know, like I said, uh, like I just mentioned, you know, if I talk a guy up, I want him to succeed. I don't care where he goes. Mm -hmm. I talked up Justin Fields a lot. Nick and I have both said probably would have taken him number two with the New York Jets. I want him to succeed. Yeah, and absolutely. Jeremy coming in here. If you like Justin Fields going to the draft, are you rooting for him to be bad now? Interesting psych- psychology question. Nope, I root for me. I want to be right. Yeah, um, I'm. I don't root against these guys unless they unless give me a, the Saints. Yeah, <laughs> if he'd have been a Raider <laughs> or a Patriot, I probably would be cheering against him. Um, but it's uh, unless Justin Fields gives me a reason to cheer against him as like the person, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be cheering against almost any of these guys. 
caveat unless they're a raider or a patriot um but uh, that's a hometown guy for me too you know Mm -hmm. i root for almost all the georgia kids um no matter where they go yep absolutely uh in the shop with willie coming in again thank you so much um saying i'd be re-signing sutton today uh george payton did have a comment on that topic where he said that we need to get these guys through camp first to make sure everyone's healthy and good to go before we're approaching them um and that includes uh bradley chubb as well um but uh it will be really interesting to see. Um, I'm really hoping Sutton will get paid. And based on George Payton's comments in the past, uh, Sutton's very high on their list. I think George Payton and this team believe Cortland Sutton has a chance to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He does everything right. Um, he's honestly almost as quarterback independent as a wide receiver can be given his skill set. So uh, I definitely think they're going to re-sign him today. Maybe not, but uh, he's one who deserves to get paid and he will get paid. And uh Willie's right. Sutton will never be cheaper than today, but for that same reason, why wouldn't Sutton wait to sign as well? Right? Like yeah, he betting on it's himself. A risk. It's a risk for both sides. You know, if if he doesn't come back the way you want him to, and you resign him now to a bigger contract, now you're strapped with that that contract for a while. So it's a risk either way. I'm I'm I'd get a look at him in camp and say, yeah, we still want to be the guy and get him some guaranteed money. And he should be happy to take a little bit of a discount considering he's coming off of injury. So that that's that's a good shout. Uh, Tim Durr, who is this year's quarterback bust? Uh, Tim, you're gonna have to let us know if you mean the 2021 20, class. Class. So 2022. Lawrence. Um, okay, this last one. Fields, Lance, Jones, um, Wilson. I, I'm I think gonna it's go toss up right now between Trey Lance, Trey Lance with with what they gave up to get him. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. He better be phenomenal yeah. within quick, you know, quickly. That was, uh, you know, three first round picks to move up to take the third quarterback in the draft. That's a lot of pressure on him. And does anybody succeed with the jets? Anybody? That's I'm going to go with Wilson. Um, he kind of has, he's, a, he's the only unsigned first round pick yep. right now. That's one of the things, um, New York media, uh, eating him up as well. That's, I mean, God, that's a place where a lot of players careers go to die. Um, and also he already has distractions. I don't know if you've been following, but his mom and him have been having weird little Instagram spats where his mom had like the weirdest YouTube's or Instagram story where she's she's like, people have been reaching out to me and their only reason to live is my Instagram account. And he's like, he's offered his mom a lot of money to shut her Instagram down. Yeah. (laughs) Just shut up. Yeah. And and Jeremy, Jeremy says here, I I say Wilson based on Shelly is a jet. I mean, seriously, I mean, Sam Darnold was they they overpaid for him anyway. You know he should yeah. have been a second or third rounder to begin with. But then you're going to the Jets. You never really had a chance. So maybe they'll be the ones that turn it around. And you know I say something like this, and you know Murphy's Law, they're going to be a playoff team. And but I I if I had to bet on anybody right now, I'd, I'd go with Zach Wilson. Yep, same here. And the thing about uh, Trey Lance busting um, because of his running ability, I think it's pretty hard for him to outright bust. Like he's su- too natural of a passer to like Tavares Jackson himself out of the league, kind of like, Oh, he's an athlete, but there's no real passing ability there. And also you have Kyle Shanahan who with the under center offense, he's going to be set up to succeed, right? They have weapons. They have a good offensive line. They're always going to have a strong run game. Now that the quarterback's an option off that run game. Um, I'm really excited to see what Trey Lance can do there. You're talking about bust. He has a chance to be the best quarterback in this class too, because of the situation. What have I, what have I said a hundred times? The quarterback's position where the 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 coach is as important, if not more important, than the player. No. So you know, what have you mentioned about Trey Lance? So, uh, what I keep hearing on there was system, 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 coach, coach, coach. He's going to be put in a position to succeed. Whereas Wilson, who knows? You know, Justin Fields, I think, is in a good situation where he came down mm-hmm. a little bit, but still went to a, a better team. You know, and that's part of it also. You know, can can Trevor Lawrence stay upright in Jacksonville? Can they protect him a lot? Being a number one overall pick, not everybody ends up Troy Aikman where they go one and 15 and go on to a Hall of Fame career. A mm-hmm. lot of them get their brains beat in and disappear by the time their rookie contract's over. So um, while it's nice to be the number one overall guy, that usually means you're going to a pretty crap team and there's a lot stacked against you. I did see that the uh, there was some graphic where I think it was uh, one possession games last year or like ones where it was like uh, came down to the very end and ended up losing. And those tend to be average year after year in the Jacksonville Jaguars, like on the far left of the bell curve. So you should res- expect some uh, regression to the mean 
Unless there, but... you're unless you're an Atlanta sports fan, then yeah, you just expect to, to lose those at the end. So I uh, think Atlanta had three statistically impossible losses last year to start their one in seven season. That uh, AJ Terrell interception drop in the end zone versus the Chiefs still haunts me. Um, that one upset me greatly, Scott. I was a uh, well, that really was at open. the end, and then you know the be- the beginning of the year. You know Todd Gurley, if he goes down instead of scores, they win. You know he yep. scores a touchdown and loses. It's just you know crazy stuff. It's one of those things, though. Um, I try to twist it in my mind to rationalize it, but uh, you got the fourth overall pick. Maybe you should have taken a quarterback being that high, but uh, um, you ended up with Kyle Pitts, and maybe he's going to be a generational talent, and if it wasn't for this bad season, it never would have happened. I mean, I, I do that all the time with the Josh McDaniels era. Did it suck? Well, yes, but good. You'd be willing to have one of that if, if you got the, the guy that could lead you, and, and maybe that's the guy. I mean, remember the Spurs have one tank. San Antonio Spurs tank one season with David Robinson, and who they get? They get the number one overall pick and pair Tim Duncan with him, you know, and yep. go on and create a dynasty. Yep. This is at the Atlanta. This is an Atlanta team. There's been one championship. That was Atlanta United, and by God, they're paying for fooling the gods on that. Uh, they're, they're, they're paying for it desperately. Every single position on that roster has gotten worse. So, you know, we're – Unfortunately, we're used to it. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the there's the obvious one in the Super Bowl, but, you know, in the 96 World Series, you're up six to nothing in game four and below that one. Yeah. Um, three to one on the Dodgers last year is just, it's just part of the DNA here, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, trying to rationalize that things that happen and trying to, you know, toxic positivity, but uh, Josh McDaniels, right? That terrible era, Spygate with the Broncos filming uh, another team. I think it was the 49ers over in Europe. Uh, the Broncos suck with him, but because they sucked with him, um, they get the second overall pick. They get Von Miller, who's on his way to the Hall of Fame here. And honestly, because of Von Miller here, there's a cascade of effect of other players, good defense, um, and Peyton Manning ends up coming here. And there's probably, you, honest to God, if you don't have those bad years with Josh McDaniels, I'm not sure that things proceed as such where you end up with Peyton Manning and get that run. So, uh, and part of that's having a good franchise, part of that's having a good franchise ownership and all that stuff around you. Um, you know, which the Atlanta teams haven't always had, uh, I think Arthur blank is a good owner and this is, this is still a good Arthur blank ownership has been a golden era of Atlanta Falcons football where the Denver Broncos have had have reached that you know no pun intended but you know reached that summit several times the denver broncos are yeah. a good franchise you know and that's so that the sustain if you have a dip it shouldn't last and you should come out of it stronger which is frankly what the nfl tries to set you up for is you know reward you for losing unless you're the packers who have a hall of fame quarterback for going on 30 years now which uh, only 30, two Super Bowls at least. I'm like, you know, did did, did Bart Starr, you know, hand it right off to Brett Favre? You know, I mean, uh, they had a few years of inadequacy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, they've only had three quarterbacks in their history. Yeah, man. Um, well, it does sound like the Aaron Rodgers uh, situation there is going to come to a close after this year, so we'll see. Um, probably last one here before we get on out of here. Uh, not so bold prediction. We win for the first six games and finish ten and seven, nine and eight. And I see Nick eat crow all year. Well, um, first off, I'd be happy to eat crow. It's uh, my favorite meal, especially as long as it's deep fried, though. Right. It's got to be crispy. Um, There's so many crows here in Seattle. It's crazy. They're way too smart, too. Um, But uh, I will also add that finishing 10 and 7 and 9 and 8 does not mean the quarterback was great. I am old enough to remember the 13 and 3 Bears with Mitchell Trubisky and the uh, I think it was also 13 and 3. Uh, Jaguars with uh, Blake Bortles, right? Like having a quarterback, a great quarterback is probably the easiest way to have a good team, but you can win games even if your quarterback is uh, less than stellar. So, or if you know, we'll lose see. them. Go ask Houston Deshaun Watson. You know, yep. Pro Bowler quarterback had an amazing year, almost 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, four and 12, I think. Yep. You know, yep. and uh, and I think uh, in the shop with Willie, we did a show early predicting the schedule and i think we both predicted better than 10 and 7 i had him at uh, 9 and 8 but i had him with a slow start mm-hmm. you know a lot of those road games a lot of afc north games the the, the ravens and steelers still always scare me you know the brown the, on those type of those type of games on the road uh i had him with a slower start like almost starting like 2 and 4 but then going on a run and i i think i think i had 11 and 6 at the end you know counting on the the qb play to elevate two teens out of the thirties, which would yeah. be a, a, a big, a big improvement. Yep. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, 
it's just so hard to predict the, the schedule. And it's the reason why Vegas is uh, hard uh, to put a line out there. I think they're at eight and a half for the Broncos because they don't know about the quarterback. So we'll see. Um, Peter Middleton, 10 and seven, just sneaking in the playoffs. Very possible. Um, well, we just need to keep expanding the playoffs until everybody's in it. You know, we'll there we go. Skip, skip the regular season. There we go. Well, can't expand this show anymore, guys. We got to get on out of here. Um, that's going to do it for Broncos for breakfast. Uh, we will see you guys again next Tuesday at 730 Mountain Time. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH for all your football content. While you're over on Twitter, also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Um, if you guys join us on Facebook today, first off, thank you everybody who's dropped the heart and the like react. I see uh, Kevin Zebulon or Kevin Lynn, Zebulon Omega in the house, Aaron Paulson, William Goldsmith, uh, Riley Mallory uh, is in the house, Jeremiah Rosebaum, George uh, Bostamante. <laughs> we got some loves coming in too, some hearts. James B- Blakely, Gary Leeds Palmer, Greg Smith, Stephen Tobacco, uh, Dom Hamilo. Kareem Gomez, Dave Glassman. So thank you guys. If you haven't dropped a heart react, laugh react, care react, whatever, please do so. Join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, Guys over on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like, and share. And also while you guys are joining us on YouTube, go over to Scott's channel as well. YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. I'm dropping the subscription there also uh, you guys can just click that it'll take you right to his channel it'll be great uh, if you guys would do that also want to give a shout out to everybody who joined us today hopefully we get everybody um here because there's a lot of you guys contributing and we really appreciate that uh robert Rybel coming in many times thank you very much robert Stu mcpeak was in the, ha- the house today uh mo ron was in the house in the shop with willie dropping uh many little nuggets here and there thank you very much um gary leeds palmer i believe in the superstars gonna meet peter middleton with the superstars broncos 17 and O. Also, so everybody who joined us today, dropping those uh, super stickers, superstars, everything. We love y'all. Um, some more comments here before we get on out of here. Uh, Jeremy saying, great show, boys. See you on Tuesday. Michael in the house here. Great show, Nick and Scott from Broncos for Breakfast. Go Broncos. Tim Durr saying, have a great day, guys. U.S. Dave, now back to bed. <laughs> I've had too much coffee to do that. I need to get the dog for a walk to s- sweat out the coffee. Um, and uh, ooh, Robert says he has one last super chat. Well, if it's coming. Um, we'll do it. And Willie, we're going to figure out something for the, uh, for that money. I got to get you your $5. Um, that's I'm a man of my word. We're just gonna have to figure out the means. Maybe I'll have to have my, uh, my, uh, significant other. She has a PayPal account. Um, get to get that over to you. I have the Venmo. She has PayPal. Um, us Dave saying most enjoyable MHH pod, man. That's really nice of you. Us Dave. Um, sorry. It's at six 30 your time, but I'm up here bringing the energy at six 30. So I don't have that much sympathy. Um, but he says, thanks and go Broncos. And, uh, he said, uh, Robert's one last super chat was already posted. I'm scrolling up Robert and I do not see anything beyond uh, Peter Middleton's last one here. Oh, here we go. $5 from Robert. Awesome show. This is a great way to end it. Thank you very much, Robert. Awesome show guys. Perfect way to start my Thursday. Take care. Broncos country. Uh, Take care. Broncos country. Love y'all stay safe. And uh, we will see you guys next Tuesday. Go Broncos.